I'm on my 74th trip around the sun. And I, and I love miracles. When I was three in New York City and my parents were on their way to India as missionary educators, I got sick with scarlet fever, almost died, and there was a miracle, and I experienced Jesus before I knew him. One of my favorite stories in the Gospels is in Mark 2. It's the one, you know the one, it's the one with Jesus with dirt on his head, where he's standing in the, in the room, in the Palestinian home, and he's teaching, and it's so crowded there's no room for people to get in, and all of a sudden, dirt starts. And, and, and then it's dark again because something's coming through the hole in the roof. And then this guy comes down, held by four guys on ropes. And you know the story. The story is fascinating. It's, it's got all the pieces. It's got the friends who brought him. It has Jesus recognizing their faith, not his, their faith, saying, my son, your sins are forgiven. It's got his critics saying, hey, 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 only God can do that. And Jesus is going... And, and then he says, but to help you understand that I have authority, I have power, this miracle person, I have power, why don't we just say, rise, take up your bed and walk so you know that I have power to forgive sins. The guy stands up, walks out, and everybody is amazed. So a few things happen there, to say the least. He does something eternal that lasts forever. Your sins are forgiven. He does something temporal that's going to go away because the guy's going to die down the road. And he speaks to his critics, if you will, and affirms the people who brought him in that story. Where I would have liked to have been in that story is one of the guys, one of the four guys on the roof. He trusted them. They trusted Jesus. There's this sense that if you can get close enough, good things will happen. Can you imagine one of those men uh, years later with the grandchild saying, Grandpa, tell us that story one more time about when you took Ben Ezra and you dropped him down through the roof and that thing that Jesus did. Tell us that story one more time. In the next few moments, let me tell you a story about people who hold the ropes, first responders, if you will, people who are part of the miracle. Almost all the miracles in Scripture have some human component. Stretch out your arm. Here's mud in your eye. Go wash it out. Go dip in the river. Do some. It's all got that... 23 months ago, day before yesterday, Ruth and I, my wife of now almost 52 years, we were in Estes Park. We were with a group of nine people that we met with once a year for the last 20 years, dear friends. Ruth at one point said to one of the wives, I think I need to say something to you. Very unusual for her because I'm a person who finds out what he's thinking even as he speaks. Okay? Some of you get that? She is a contemplative person. She thinks it through, gives you the nugget. She says this thing. She says, I don't know if I can do this because my heart's pounding so hard. She's nervous. And she slides back beside me. I hear her gasp and slump to the side. And I turn and look at her, grab her, turn her toward me. And I'm looking into the gray face of death. Her eyes are open. Her pupils are dilated. She is not breathing. She has suffered what doctors call sudden cardiac death. Your heart has three parts. It's got the plumbing, which are the arteries. It's got the mechanics, which are the muscles and the valves. An electrical system. If that shorts out... The bottom part of your heart, the ventricles, starts fibrillating, quivering, and it stops pumping, and you lose blood to the cortex of your brain, the 
cortex, your brain is 2% of your body mass, takes 15 to 20% of your blood. In, in a matter of minutes, cells start dying and you're gone. She was essentially dead. And I shouted, Ruthie, don't leave me. And all nine people around us burst into prayer and calling 911. They said, lay her on the floor. We laid her on the floor. I'm weeping. And I can hear sirens. I don't know how long the time is. But all of a sudden, young rookie cop runs into the room, drops on his knees, and starts doing chest compressions. And we hear her ribs crack on the first punch. And then there are other EMT people. And I'm sitting at, say, 7 o'clock from her body. They cut her clothes off. All I can see are her feet sticking out. They're all gathered around her. And I hear them counting. One, two, three, four, five. And I hear them say, clear. And they shock her. Her feet come off the floor. Nothing. One, two, three, four, five. Shocker again, nothing. One, two, three, four, five. And they said, clear the third time. And then they shocked her. Somebody said, we have a pulse. Long story short, the word had gone out by cell phone all around the world. People started praying. Our daughter in Eugene, Oregon, put a candle on her Facebook website. And around the world, hundreds of people put candles on their website praying for Ruth. They took her to emergency helicoptered her down to MCR in Loveland, Colorado. Ruth, um, Ruth doesn't like to fly. She's flown all over the world with me, but 10 years ago she said, why don't you do that flying stuff and I'll just hang out and garden and stuff like that. And so later on I told her, Ruth, um, I have something bad to tell you. You, uh, you flew on a helicopter. And she said, yeah, but I was drugged. And a friend of ours said, not only that, Ruth, but you flew naked on a helicopter. <laughs> We get down to MCR in Loveland, and they say, we don't know how much brain damage there is. Here's the deal. We're going to take her body temperature down to 92 degrees for 24 hours, warm her back up, half, hour to t- half a degree an hour for 12 hours, and then we'll know something maybe. We might not know anything for weeks. We don't know how much insult, how many brain cells have died. We don't know. People were praying all over the place. For 48 hours, we didn't know. And um, they started warming her up. And in the middle of that night, a doctor walked into the room. And uh, I'd only met him in passing once. It wasn't her doctor, cardiac surgeon. He walked in and he said, Dick, I just have a sense this is going to be all right. There's no empirical data. She's hooked up to all kinds of machines, nothing. And then he said to me, something no doctor had ever said in that kind of a setting, could I pray for Ruth? I said, absolutely. He put his hand on her. And in a loud voice in the ICU with doctors and nurses coming and going, he said, Lord God Almighty, I pray that you will heal Ruth from the top of her head to the toes of her feet. Amen. It was like an angel showed up in the room. We had angels show up earlier. They looked like cops and EMT people and fire people. Because miracles happen with people who hang on to ropes. That's part of the miracle of God in our lives. They said, we don't know when she'll wake up. At 2.10 the next morning, 10 hours into the warming up process, they shook me awake and uh, said, Ruth's waking up. I, uh, I jumped up. Now, you need to understand this. 88% of the people who suffer this die on the spot, and they're found. Of the 12%, the percentage rate for resuscitation in the field is 17%. Of the 17%, only one in 20 walk out of the hospital. And of those, a minuscule percentage walk out without brain damage. 
They have a series of tests because you have 12 cranial nerves and they ask you questions. They roused her. She's very sedated. The male nurse says, Ruth, look at me. She opens her eyes, says, squeeze my hands. She squeezed his hand, says, wiggle your toes. She wiggled her toes. Said, wiggle the toes on your right foot. Said, shrug your shoulders. She shrugged her shoulders. Said, give me a smile. She's intubated. She goes, oh. <laughs> And then he said, give me two thumbs up. And she goes, and I lose it. I'm bawling. I'm calling on Jesus. Huh? And she was back, resurrected, if you will, by the power of God and his helpers, if you will, guys who hold the ropes. And, you know, uh, it, it was crazy. And that night I Facebooked. I'm not a huge Facebooker. And I just said, she was dead and now she's alive. Praise be to God. I got 369 messages. 3,240-some people saw it and, or, or uh, liked it. And 72,000-some-odd saw it around the world. Because I think people are hungry for miracle. I think they're hungry for the power of God on display. She doesn't remember 11 days. Huge insult to the brain. But when she was in rehab getting a little better... She was sitting eating, and, and you know, hand, high, high hand coordination is not great. And, and she takes a piece of bread and starts to eat it, hits her chin, drops it in her lap, and looks down and says, Oh, you old fumble fingers. And then she looked up and grinned and said, But I did just come back from the dead. <laughs> One of our friends in Oregon calls her Lazarus. Our grandchildren saw a miracle of God at work. And the, these days, oftentimes we'll wake up in the morning. 51 years I've been in a bed with that woman, and oftentimes we'll wake up in the middle of the night, and we're just holding hands. And we're thanking God for the people who help him do miracles, people who hold the rope and are the hands and the power of God at work.